Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. We'll take care of all your podcast production so you can focus on your business. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com. Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Dubinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers, and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest is a high-performance strategist, keynote speaker, podcast host, and a former Wall Street executive who transforms individuals and companies to maximize their potential in business and in life. For nearly a decade, he has advised some of the world's most recognized brands from Fortune 100 companies, investment banks, top and professional sports teams, to C-level executives, billion-dollar entrepreneurs, pro NFL, MLB athletes, and politicians from over 60 countries on six continents. His specialty, innovative strategies, tools, and techniques that equip and empower people to change the trajectory of their lives. Please welcome to the show the host of the number one podcast for personal development, business coaching, life transformation, the host of The Brendan Burns Show, Brendan Burns. Brendan, how are you? Cliff, thanks so much. I love that intro. I, I need to get a client on Antarctica so we can say I've coached people on all seven continents. Yeah, I was, well, it kind of made me chuckle a little bit about the politicians on 60 countries, but then when you said six continents, I was like, that's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's listening that lives in Antarctica, any scientists, hit me up so I can say all seven continents. Nice. And for those scientists uh, freezing right now, we'll have the links in the show notes down yeah, below. Links in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I know I kind of hit on this in the intro, but why don't you tell us a little bit more what your business is and how you got started in it? I grew up on Long Island. Parents were both lawyers, went to Cornell, fully intended, intended to work on Wall Street, be an investment banker. And I thought that was it. Live in New York City, do my whole life there. And I like to tell people I had a quarter life crisis. When um, my girlfriend that I was living with, getting ready to get married, threw me out. My job, I got fired from investment banking and my brother got sick and he's okay now. But all these things happened right at the same time. Yep. And it pushed me to the Barnes & Noble self-help section. And that's what got me into understanding my past of um, being exposed to different forms of abuse, having all these issues with anger, depression, pain, addiction. And that all happened very quickly. And I was very open to getting help and support because I wanted a different life path forward. Nice. So all this personal development was really working on me. I fell in love with Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield and all these different experiences and programs. And I got to a point one day where separately from this crisis, I like to call it, I also, during law school, read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, which I'm yes. sure a lot of your listeners know, Tim Ferriss. And I love that idea of being my own boss, working remotely, traveling a lot. And so in 2016, it just hit me like, now's the time to do a business. And I had wanted to start my own hedge fund or my own company of some kind. But then I said, let me combine coaching with this Tim Ferriss entrepreneurial lifestyle. And so I put it all together. And I love Tim's show so much. It inspired me to you solo travel and credit card point hacking and staying in hostels and Airbnbs. And so 
that was what inspired me to do the podcast initially in my own coaching business, part-time 2016, and then really stepping into it 2017, 2018. So I want to take a step back and, and just try to connect the dots here because you've worked with some pretty big companies. How do you start getting like big clients? What was your connection to them? How did you get through the door? Yeah, it's, it's funny you ask that. So I left finance officially at the end of 2016. Right. And I did a lot of travel in 2017. I went all over the world. For those entrepreneurs and coaches who want to make more money and have more clients, like enjoy the downtime before you scale your company because those are actually great times. Even though there was uncertainty and a lot less money coming in, I had a lot more time flexibility. And so I was all over the world. I was in Japan and I remember being in Myanmar. Some people know it as Burma and getting an email that the Chattanooga, Tennessee tourism board saw my Instagram account. I wanted me to come there for a free influencer trip. And I was just bouncing all over the country, having so much fun all over the world. And I got back to uh, New York in like mid 2017 and Facebook ad costs were very low. Online courses were very popular and profitable. And so even though I wanted to go deeper and do more of the life and business coaching, I had built this Instagram account pretty big, tens of thousands of followers. I was getting free travel, hotels, getting clients. Nice. And so I created a group program around it called Mastering Instagram, which is no longer for sale because Instagram has changed so much and I'm much more of a LinkedIn guy now. But I started this course and I used Facebook ads to promote it. So I had the funniest ads of me like walking around New York City, <laughs> uh, you know, on city bikes and all that stuff promoting the course. And the ads were very profitable. I would basically run a Facebook ad to a live webinar that I would host once a week, which was a great life experience too in public speaking and presentation. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. East, I would run one of these webinars on, it was how to go from zero to 20K Instagram followers and, and turn your followers into dollars. And if you stay until the end, you'll get a free um, script on how to get free travel and hotels using your Instagram account. And it was all legit and it was great. Nice. So I started ramping ad spend. I remember the story was my Facebook ad manager at the time, Roxanne, said, okay, Brendan, I want you to spend a hundred bucks a day on ads. You got this course, you got this webinar. I was like a hundred dollars at the time. My rent was 1825 a month. I had moved from Chelsea, Manhattan to Murray Hill, which is a much less expensive place, right? Save money on rent. And she's telling me to spend about $3,000 a month on ads. And I'm like, are you crazy? More than <laughs> like double my rent. And she was like, look, you spent a thousand on the last webinar and this is what happened. So just keep doing it. And so long story short, I really understood the concept of ROI or, or right. ROAS, as some people call it, return on ad spend. And so I started spending more money and it got to a point where I was actually spending tens of thousands of dollars a month on ads. And that was really what opened the door for my brand to some people started seeing my ads and taking my courses, like a guy who played in the NFL and like Jesse Itzler and you know these types of people. So one of the things that I think also Tony Robbins, for example, did really well was his infomercials in the 80s, even if they were only break even, think about all that publicity you get as a so-called expert in your field. Right. So I'm a big fan of creating break even funnels and getting your name and word out there as an expert to more people because spending all that money on ads got me in the Facebook feed of probably millions of people. And then some, then some people went through the program, took the course, had the po positive experiences to then reach out to me personally. And that helped create some of these engagements. Wow. That's absolutely wonderful. If you're going out, you're having this, you know, gangbuster success, you know, you're spending $10,000 a month with 
you know, Facebook ads, your business is going really well. I know you kind of mentioned this before, but how did you make that jump from Facebook ads to podcasting? So they kind of happened at the same time. I would say the, the podcast actually started before the Facebook ad. So oh, gotcha. in 2016, getting ready to leave Wall Street. And, and it's a funny story because on Thanksgiving 2016, my friend said, when are you going to leave and go do coaching and podcasting full time? And I told him, yeah, in about two more years, I'm just going to keep saving my money and doing it on the weekends. Right. And that Monday I got fired, which <laughs> <laughs> was like the best thing that ever happened to me because it created all this white space and healthy fear lit a fire under me to really do this. So yes. the podcast was probably up and running before the coaching business and the Facebook ads. Okay. And it's just so funny seeing the evolution of my show because it was, you know, I remember going out for a drink with one of my friends in New York city in, in 2016. And she uh, did something with the playbills for the New York city theater, like Broadway right. shows. Mm -hmm. And she had a really cool job. She would basically interview the people who were in these shows, these Broadway actors, and then write up the articles and had a great idea for a podcast. And I had my idea for a podcast. And so we're out for drinks. And I said, Hey, it's Friday. By Monday morning, let's have live podcasts launched. Ooh. And all that required, I think, was registering for a podcast and doing episode one. And I did it. You know, I, I Googled the articles, how to set it up. I didn't, there was no, I use Anchor FM. There was no Anchor, Spotify, none of this stuff back then. So it was a little bit trickier. I had to use FeedBurner and read these how to yeah. articles. But I set it up. And I had some mic that I ordered on Amazon, which I've graduated probably five levels of microphones by now. <laughs> um, but I had some, you know, intro mic and I just did it. And that was the big, I didn't have a content calendar. I didn't have a schedule for pacing. I didn't, I didn't know how to reach out and get high level guests or any of that. The thing that I'm really glad that I did was I just did it because I've coached a lot of people, including co helping coach some people informally. I don't have like a group for podcasters like you might, but I... What I did was I, I've coached people over the years who have wanted to start their own podcast. And what I've noticed is a lot of people really try to overplan it, overthink it, make it perfect yep. before they launch. And it's so funny because my early episodes, I think they're horrible, but I leave them up so people can see the, the yes. progress. And whenever I tell people, don't listen to episode one, they all go back and do it. So, <laughs> you know, fire beware if you want to go back. But I think you'll see that I just stepped into the arena and I figured a lot of it out as I went. It's worthwhile to point out there that just getting started is the most important thing because once you get started, you can always come back and make incremental improvements as you go. So it's it's almost like, so right now I'm taking an Instagram Reels challenge just for personal gratification. And every day it's, I'm saying, what can I do one more thing to just get better at this? And podcasting is the exact same way. And I think what it is, a lot of people get like Larry King or Oprah Winfrey stuck in their head and be like, I have to produce at that level, right? If I don't have that level quality of a show, nobody's going to listen. Uh, but that's not true because your mom is always going to listen. Your friends are going to listen. But you know what? More importantly, your audience is finally going to show up. They're going to find your show and they're going to listen to what you have to say. 100%. And don't discount the the impact that even if you only have 10 people listening to your podcast, it's still... 10 people whose lives you can change. And for example, I love to volunteer for addiction related things. And so I was speaking last night to a group in San Diego area. And uh, I don't know, 
what was there, 30, 40 people in the room max. And so it's not that many people, but think about right. the ripple effect of one guy comes up to me after, hey, can we meet for coffee? Hey, I'm struggling with addiction. Absolutely, yes, let's do it this weekend. So I think a lot of people sometimes get too caught up in the numbers, you know, and and comparing themselves to other people and other shows. The reality is it doesn't take a lot of people to really make an impact and holding back your gift and not doing the show is is the bigger failure, in my opinion. Hey, everyone, we're going to take just a moment to thank today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. Do you love editing your podcast episodes? Yeah, I didn't think so. You're an entrepreneur, not an audio engineer. The point being is that those hours that you're spending could be better spent on your business or with your family. That's why Podcast Pipeline offers full production podcast services. We take care of your podcast so you don't have to. And that means your time will be yours again to focus on what's really important. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com to learn more about how our services can help you. And now back to the show. Oh, I, I agree with that because like you were talking before, out of those 10 people that are listening, you don't know who they are. And there could be somebody that's found your podcast listening to it and likes it that belongs to a Fortune 100 company that says, you know what, I'd really love to have this guy come in and talk about topic X, whatever that might be. Yeah. And it's really funny because my grandfather, who passed away almost 10 years ago now, was the deputy attorney general of the United States. So he had a Ooh. pretty big um, political position. And he I didn't know this until recently. He has a book called Preparing to be Lucky, which <laughs> I have in my house. And I was reading it a few months ago. And apparently he was giving some talk to some group. And some guy in the last row felt that this guy, Arnie Burns, had a really important thing to say and called a guy who called a guy who called a guy who was Ronald Reagan and said, we got to bring this guy down to Washington. Oh, cool. So you never know. And my grandpa was a complete nobody. May he rest in peace. Like no one knew who he was. He was a small time lawyer in New York City, self-made first generation college, or maybe not first generation. Like his grandparents, I think, came from Europe. So very humble beginnings were not like fancy right. lineages or anything. And he was just give, he was putting himself out there or as he would say, preparing himself to be lucky. And then that happened. And so if you don't speak up, you don't do the show, you don't do what you're supposed to, then you miss out on those opportunities. Yeah, I agree. And that, that's all it's off. I love that. Prepare yourself to be lucky. When you got into podcasting, Tim Ferriss inspired you. You were working with your friend to get the, get the live podcast going. Why, what was your biggest struggle when it came to podcasting, when you were first getting into it? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, it's like the tech was kind of frustrating because this feed burner thing made no sense to me. And I remember when anchor.fm came out and some, and Libsyn got more popular and all these platforms came out that made it a lot easier to kind of organize everything. Right. I can't say I've had a ton of challenges because I never put too much like worry into the process. I just said, I'm going to just have fun with this. So cool. I, I, if you listen, I don't really edit my shows that much. I don't have a lot of post-production, audio engineering, you know, maybe getting guests on, but I've really had a lot of success with that. And I've had a lot of fun with that too. I've had some really cool people on the show that I don't think I would ever, that's one of the, the reasons why my podcast is such a important and special part of my life is because it's opened the door to engage with certain people that 
I would never be able to do, you know, right. if I was just walking down the street doing minding my own business. So I would say maybe some of the tech, but yeah, I've just, I've really loved it. It's been great. I would say maybe one other area is if there was a way to, you know, advert, like I've had to build funnels to advertise my show and build landing pages and create giveaways and run ads. And if there was a way I could just say like, here's money, get me more downloads. And I don't want to just buy downloads. I want to market my show to the right type of people and get it in right. front. That would be a solution. I've talked to different, you know, ads managers who claim to be able to do that. But for the most part, it's it's really been a lot of fun and I haven't put a lot of pressure on it. And granted, it's not my main money maker. Like I make a lot more money with my one-on-one and group coaching offers. So it's always easier to be comfortable and have fun with something when there's not pressure to earn off of it. Right. You know, but yeah, that's what I would say. Are you getting a lot of business from your podcast and your one-on-one coaching, group coaching? So I'm not, not traditionally the way that a lot of podcasters do. Like one of my friends, he's a great guy, Matt Dobshoots, who hosts Porn Free Radio. He, his everything is around helping men quit pornography. And so I think that when your niche is really clear and specific like that and you build up an audience, then you can just easily funnel people right into your program, which he has. I right now, one of our group programs that's really taking up the majority of our time in a good way and we're making a lot of money and impact is we have a program for coaches and consultants and podcasters probably fit into that mix, but really helping coaches build their business up. But I'm so passionate about so many different things that my podcast is not like coach's corner or grow your coaching practice or zero to hundred K a month for coaches. Like I kind of use the podcast much more broadly to talk about a lot of different things and interview a lot of different types of people. So the, the short answer is no, but the long answer is that having some of the people that I've had on the show, some of the athletes, some of the actors and celebrities, it gives me a lot of credibility. And I use that content on my home pages and on all my social media profiles so that when I reach out to someone or they reach out to me, it's a great validation or a piece of PR that I can leverage when I'm talking to someone and they say, oh, wow, this guy interviewed this person or look at this guy's podcast. He's legit. And so for that reason, it's been really helpful you know, in the sales process and in the marketing process. Nice. I'm glad you bring it up because having the podcast, having your own media company out there, and like you were talking about, like the, even the very people that you interview goes a long ways to establishing you as an expert in that field. More importantly, it, it gives a, it gives a real perception that you're a somebody, right? Cause you've had all these big, you know, these, these names on your podcast, you actually have a podcast, which I find just when you say that alone to people just elevates the conversation. You sit there and say, oh yeah, I've got a podcast. Really? What's your podcast about? What do you talk about? Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a validation tool. It's kind of a badge of honor. I've, I've figured out how to do this. I've spent time building something out that I'm proud of. And absolutely having certain types of people on the show and some of these authors and people who've written these books behind me and some of these celebrities, it's really been fun because it's pushed me way out of my comfort zone. Sure. Especially when I was first starting to interview some of these bigger names. Oh my God, who am I? And it made me face imposter syndrome, deserving complex, worth, confidence issues. And then as I was able to overcome them, not only did it build my brand, but it also built my inner skill set of pushing myself to new heights, learning how to believe in myself better, working through fears and other issues that I had to work through so I can now coach people on that too. Because 
when we're coaching coaches, for example, a lot of it is imposter syndrome. Who am I? What value can I add? How can I really charge for this? And I've had to walk through that myself, even with the podcast to say, okay, someone who's day rate or to come do a public speaking event could be 50 or a hundred thousand dollars. They're going to come give me an hour of time for free. Right. Who am I just to deserve that? And, but you know, it's such a useful experience and it, it's been great. I love it. It's also, you know, I have a two bedroom house in San Diego and one of my rooms is a podcast studio and I have cameras and audio silencers, and all these things. It's so much fun just over the years, building sure. it up and developing it and having a lot of fun with it. Sure. That's really great. And one of the things I do want to circle back and chat with you on for a couple of minutes is when you're talking about when you start out, you get a big name on your podcast and you run up against imposter syndrome for our audience who may be facing that same thing. How did you overcome your imposter syndrome and, and help yourself move forward? A lot of it was facing that inner, those inner demons and doing spiritual personal development getting coaching, surrounding myself with uplifting people, being part of very loving, supportive community that they had similar practices and saw their value and then were able to help uplift me and help me see it for myself. Okay. Getting coaching from very confident people who really believe in themselves and are not afraid to charge me lots of money and modeling <laughs> that to me. And, and when I'm saying, hey, dude, my... I'm paying you four grand a month or I'm paying you all. This is more than my mortgage. And for them to look me in the eye and smile and say, we're worth every penny and mean it and really deliver that value has right. been a powerful experience for me. And then I think the last thing is actually stepping into the arena and just doing it. You know, I think doing it over and over again, as you're working on yourself, like about a year and two months ago, I had a big actor on my podcast, for example, and I was definitely nervous and not fully confident. And then last year, maybe like four or five months ago, I had Laird Hamilton on the surfer. Nice. And just noticeably more comfortable, confident, believing in myself. His wife called me on the cell phone before, oh, can we shift it around? And I'm like, yo, what's up, guys? Like super confident. Like I belong here. I deserve this. And then ultimately, like really looking in the mirror and saying, why wouldn't I deserve this? And I want everyone right. to do that too. I'm hardworking. I ask good questions. I am well-prepared. I have spent a lot of time and energy building up my show. It's going to get them PR and press, and it's going to be a fun experience for everyone involved. You know what? Like, why should I describe myself as not worthy of this experience? When if I just come in with that worthiness, it's so much more fun and engaging and positive for everyone. Right. And, and what you're talking about there is something I read online the other day, and it I took a screenshot of it because to me, it was so powerful. It, when somebody, you know, when somebody says, why would they be on my podcast? Who am I? That's like a very disempowering question that you're asking. You know, like if you say to yourself, oh, well, why would I even try? It's not going to work. You, you're, you're asking yourself a very disempowering question when you should be turning that, that question around and say, well, why wouldn't they be on my podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, a mindset. it's just mindset, like mindset. Why, why wouldn't they be? Why, why wouldn't people listen to me? Why wouldn't someone want coaching from me? And then genuinely building the skills to deliver on it, but also training your mind to say, yeah, of course, you know, I'm worth it. I have a lot to offer and everyone does. It's not an either or game where 
Cliff, you deserve to have all the cool people on your show, but I don't. Right. It's, everyone has a unique skill. And I think sometimes people get caught up in comparing their skills to someone else's skills and hoping that they can be like someone else. But the reality is I press in and say, okay, this is my lane. I want to do it well and I can, and I deserve it. And so do you. And so does everyone else. And just saying it's not all big competition to who has the most downloads because Joe Rogan's going to look down and smile and laugh at all of us. But it's saying, you know, what's his show fulfilling? What's your show? Your show obviously inspires people to become amazing podcasters from what I know so far my show is very different and we can all be successful together. We all deserve good and different things. Cause really at the end of the day, I think whether it's from an entertainment standpoint or a mindset standpoint, podcast standpoint, what we're all focused on is just trying to just trying to serve those. We've been, we've been called to serve, you know, at the highest level and be able to, to really help them and have a positive impact on what it is that they're doing. And I humbly believe that podcasting's like probably the best tool out there to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, it's just such a great way to get access to people yes. outside your network. And, and it's, it adds value to them and they typically enjoy it when you show up and have fun and are well-prepared. But I've been able to connect with some really cool people, not even just, oh, they're famous, like people, obscure people, friends, right. go, go deeper. It's just, it's been so much fun. I, I love podcasting. Yeah, it's been absolutely awesome. What I would like to do is I'd like just to take a second for, you know, the entrepreneur out there who maybe they've got a podcast and they're struggling, you know, what would be a piece of advice or a couple of pieces of, of advice that you would give them? Mm-hmm. Well, it would help me if you could also share, where do you think, or where are you seeing entrepreneurs mostly struggling with their podcasts? So from where I sit, from the people that I've worked with, the biggest challenge is mindset. Right. And that, so there's a couple different standpoints from that. So first off, it's a need to be perfect. You know, like I got to have a perfect episode. Like we were talking before, like somebody's listening to Larry King or they listen to Tim Ferriss and they think that is the bar they have to hit the first time out of the gate. And then the second thing, of course, is battling the, the imposter syndrome, whether they're reaching out to people to be on the show or even just producing a solo episode. Like, why should I even put something out? Nobody even knows I exist. Nobody's even, you know, recognizing that I'm here. So in my mind, those two feed into a lot of things, right? Perfectionism means they're spending 10 to 12 hours on a 30 minute podcast episode, right? And they quickly realize after maybe five or 10 episodes that that's not sustainable. So the podcast goes into pod fade. They don't record any content because they think everything that they have to say is junk and you know, who's, you know, who's going to listen to it by then they've already spent $4,500 on equipment because some guy on YouTube told them this is what you need to have a successful podcast, but they're not recording anything. And so they wind up selling it a few months later because their spouse got really angry at them and they're selling it for like a third of the price. From my standpoint, those are like the, the two, well, actually mindset, you know, is the big thing, but those are the two things that would fall uh, underneath of that. So that's, from where I'm sitting, from the people that I'm working with and dealing with, those are the big things right there. Yeah. One, one of my favorite quotes is from Reed Hoffman, who is the, one of the founders of LinkedIn. Yep. And he says, if you are not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you've launched too late. Oh, love that. And, and, and that's exactly how I feel about my podcast. If you go back and you listen to episode one, and I'm either wearing Apple headphones 
or I'm using the stereo input from my MacBook, which is like the worst thing you can do from an audio quality yes, perspective. Yes. But it's not even the audio, it's my tonality, my confidence, my rapport with my guests, all these things. It's just been totally transformational. But even at that point back then, it was still, I was adding value. So I always tell people, don't overthink. You don't need to be perfect. I don't like perfect. I actually used to do these episodes where I would stop and I'd pause the recording to have a drink of water, or I would talk too fast, or I wouldn't share anything personally about myself. Right. And those episodes are kind of boring. Yeah. They're, they're robotic. There's no personality. There's no fun. There's no entertainment. I mean, look at Howard Stern. You know, the guys, I mean, he's not a podcast, but if you called him a podcast, it would either him or Rogan, number one downloads in the world. Right. And he's sitting there with Robin, just talking and complaining and chatting. And that is the furthest thing from perfect I've ever seen. But it's also millions and millions of people are, are they'll listen to it. If he goes any, whatever platform, they'll, most of these people go with it, pay whatever, and just follow him. So I think perfection is a horrible way to measure success in business, in a podcast, and anything. It's like these people, first of all, why are you trying to be perfect? Because perfect shows are not popular, right? Like if you want more downloads, you want a bigger audience, you want a better show, you want more impact, you want more reach, I would definitely not try to be perfect because I don't like listening to perfect podcasts. I don't think that even exists. And why would you want to make it perfect? You want it to be imperfect and you want the right types of people to like it. There's the other quote from Tim Ferriss, which is, if you try to make a podcast or a product that everyone will like, no one will like it. Which is true. Which is true too. I, my show is not for everyone. There are a lot of people who may not want to hear all the stuff about personal development. I talk about masculine and feminine energy, which can be offensive to people. I talk about how I quit pornography, which can be offensive to people. People disagree with that lifestyle choice of quitting that. You know, I, I'm not trying to get everyone to like my show. I'm just trying to help whoever wants to listen to this and is going to find value to continue to engage with it. So I don't think perfection should be your goal. And then as far as the imposter syndrome, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, really learning how to work on your confidence and stepping into that ownership and doing the personal development, getting coaching around that, surrounding yourself with confident people to help you realize, I mean, no one's an imposter. It's just really, I mean, unless you're lying and being deceitful, obviously. Right. But if you're being honest and authentic to yourself and being truthful and trying to step in and do something good, you know, you're not an imposter. And so it's just, how do I come to that conclusion? How do I see the truth about who I really am? And what are the different ways I can do that? It's obviously the different things that I've shared so far today. I've taken copious notes <laughs> because I love this. And you're right. And it seems to me that probably... So and a couple of things come to mind when I, when you say the term, like the perfect podcast, right? Cause I've listened to a few podcasts out there that have been perfect. And I have to wonder if these people, if, if this isn't what they just do full time, right? They will spend all week working on a single podcast episode because really that's their business model is how many downloads can I get and what kind of sponsors can I get? Right. That's mm -hmm. usually when I see like high production value going into a podcasting. But for somebody that's just using a podcast, like you were talking about before, about building relationships and really building that strong sense of, of community, authenticity trumps everything. Yeah. I mean, and, but the other thing too, is I, I can appreciate what you're saying. I have friends, I know people who their podcast is a significant earner and, or they need it to be or want it to be. And so it's definitely a different approach than how I look at it. 
But if you look at, for example, my coaching business, which is, I would say very similar to someone's podcast business where there's need, desire, want to monetize, sure. grow and scale. You know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. It's it's investing in it. It's spending enough time on it. It's knowing when to set limits and boundaries around it, though. It's getting mentorship from people who have done what you want to do. So, for example, finding people who have certain sponsors, certain number of downloads, and really taking honest looks at, you know, how you can improve surveying your audience. You know, there's a lot of different things. I would say one thing, you know, when I'm talking about coaching, for example, I think a lot of people care about the wrong things. So sometimes... Uh, they'll try to get a hundred certifications as opposed to just going out and learning how to get clients and learning yep. marketing and sales. And so I would imagine that with podcasting, there might be this big emphasis on audio quality and equipment and the microphone, the perfect mic, as opposed to really just like creating a valuable experience, like either entertainment or education or both or value and caring more about the content and the experience as opposed to some of these frameworks and bells and whistles that don't mean as much. Right. And it, again, it, it really boils down to, especially when it comes to podcasting, it's more important just to get your message out and start producing your message out there, whether you're using, you know, your Apple earbuds to, to record, or if you dropped $1,500 on a microphone somewhere or something, but it's just, it's really critical that you make sure that you get your message out to the people and get them to start consuming it, interacting with your brand, things like that. Anyways. Thank you for that. I love talking about mindset conversations. That's, <laughs> that's really brilliant. I love that. Well, it's funny. Cause I asked you, I said, what's the biggest thing people struggle with, with podcasts? You said mindset and it's true for anything. You know, like I yeah. said, I coach a lot of coaches and we could talk about sales. We could talk about marketing. We could talk about pricing your program, all these things. But in the end, a lot of it comes down to money mindset, fear, imposter shit. It's the same stuff. So, you know, Tony Robbins always used to say when I would go to his events, 80 plus percent of it is the psychology and the mindset. And yes. I love that because then what it also does for me is it gives me the ability to coach anyone on anything. Cause if I can just help them with their mindset, that's the majority of the issue. Yep. So I agree in 80%, that number sounds right. 80% up here in the brain. Yeah, so totally love it. So if anybody in our audience is listening and, uh, they want to, you know, they want to check you out, you know, look at your site. Uh, check out your coaching programs, whatever that might be. What's the best way for them to find you? Yeah. So if you, if you're interested in checking out the podcast, it's the Brendan Burns show. We're on Apple, Spotify, Instagram is at the Brendan Burns show. My website is brendanhburns.com. And if you are a coach or consultant or someone looking to grow your business, we'd be happy to hop on a call with you. And that link is brendanhburns.com slash talk. Nice. So for our audience, we'll make sure to have all those links in the show notes down below. Brendan, it's been great talking to you today. I, I really appreciated this and I've learned even more about mindset. So thank you for that. It's my pleasure, Cliff. It was great being here. And last plug is if anyone is in Antarctica listening to this right now, brendanhburns.com slash talk, book a call. We're all Zoom. We're all remote. I want to get to seven continents. So help me. Come on, scientists in Antarctica. Come on. You can come on through. Some PhD students down there studying penguins. Let's go. Yeah. Gotta, gotta get the mindset right to deal with all the frozen ice cubes and everything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey everyone, I wanted to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs 
for entrepreneurs. Now, within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.